So I got an email from Anton. He gave me a couple of scenarios and he wants me to talk a little bit about earnouts. Hey there, everyone. It's uh, David Barnett from davidcbarnett.com, the blog site, YouTube channel, iTunes, and SoundCloud podcast where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing medium and small businesses all over the place. This time, I got a question from Anton. He references both businesses with big customer concentration problems. So that's when you have maybe one customer or two customers that represent a big chunk of sales, like 10, 15, 20% each, or when there's a huge amount of personal goodwill in the business. So one of the strategies that we will often do in a case like that, because, I mean, let's face it, if one customer represents 20% of sales and you buy that business based on the cash flow that they've enjoyed, and that one customer doesn't like you as the new owner, um, that business is going to radically and materially change overnight with the loss of that customer. Um, and if you're talking about a business that has a lot of personal goodwill, so let's say that the, the owner basically is the sales department and all the customers have a relationship with that owner, when that owner sells the business to you, are those customers gonna be happy? Are they gonna stick around? Well, what if a good chunk of them decide to leave, right? So one of the ways that we can deal with that kind of risk is what's called an earnout. So we, we basically buy the business under terms where a big part of the amount of money received by the seller is based on the future activity in the business, whether it's sales or profitability or whatnot. And, and normally, we like to focus the earnouts on sales. And the reason is, of course, it's the same reason that franchisors like to focus their royalties on sales is because when you control a small or medium-sized business, the owner has a great deal of impact on what the profitability is going to be based on how they manage the company, right? So the decision on whether or not they always fly to trade shows in business class is going to impact the bottom line. And it's 100% their decision about what kind of airline ticket they buy. So that's why we usually focus on sales. And so I've seen this in many different scenarios. And to give you a couple of examples, um, accounting firms, right? Small accounting firms, bookkeeping firms, where there's an accountant, usually a CPA, and maybe a couple of helpers, people who do bookkeeping. And when that business is sold, you know, all of those customers have a relationship with that accountant. And so the buyer is always worried that when they take over this book of business or this accounting practice, that some of those customers are going to go away. And one of the ways that I've helped people deal with this is through creating offers based on an earnout. So I'll give you an example. One accountant buys the other accountant's office. They say, we're going to create a legacy customer list. So all of the customers that are being acquired in the, in the purchase they go on a special list. And every year over the next X number of years, what we're gonna do is pay you a certain percentage of revenue that comes from the customers on that list. So here's what can happen, is if some of the customers leave the new accountant, well, then the old accountant's not gonna get any money from them. If some of the customers grow their business with the new accountant, so if their business grows and there's more work for the new accountant to do, then the old accountant is going to get more money for that file because they're going to actually grow the amount of business. And here's why this is so important. We don't know how many of the new uh, customers that are being acquired are going to stick with the old accountant 
some of them may actually have been with the old accountant before and decided to leave for whatever reason. So when they find out that their old accountant is buying their accountant's business, they may say, yeah, I'm not going with that guy. And so some of them may never come across, right? The, the other problem is this, is we want to make sure that the accountant who is selling their book of business is going to be a cheerleader for the new accountant, right? So when that guy retires and he's on the golf course and he meets some of his former clients, we want him to say, hey, how is it? How are you making out with the new accountant? He's a really great guy. You're in good hands. You can trust that he knows what he's doing, right? So the old accountant who possesses the personal goodwill is going to be pushing for clients to remain with the new accountant who's bought his business because that way he continues to receive money. So again, just like in a vendor financing, we have an alignment of interests. The seller wants people to continue doing business with the buyer because that's how they are getting money. Now, the other kind of situation where we use this a lot is when we cannot define the goodwill or we have a buyer and seller who fight over it, right? And who will not agree on the amount of goodwill that's there. So I once did a swimming pool business where, um, yeah, let's just say there was a lot of undeclared revenue. And so the buyer and seller couldn't agree on what the price should be because the buyer wouldn't necessarily believe what the seller said about the volume of his business. The solution was an earnout based on the number of new swimming pools installed in the three years after the deal was signed. And that is how they represented the goodwill. So basically the buyer said, if people really do like this business, they're going to keep calling me. I'll give you X amount of dollars for every swimming pool I build. And the seller said, you know what? That's great because I know my reputation and I know you're going to get a lot of phone calls, right? In the case of a customer concentration issue, there have been a couple of different things that I've done with um, basically write-offs to the vendor take back. So if a significant customer who's on this list, let's say there's a list of five big customers, if one of these customers leaves in the first two years after the transaction, then X amount will be deducted off, their, uh, off of the seller financing note. So that's one way of doing it. The other way of doing it is to create some sort of sales royalty where for so many businesses, so many years after the business is sold, a percentage of sales will go back to the seller. And that kind of turns the seller sort of into a franchisor for a certain period of time because they're getting paid much in the same way that McDonald's gets paid from the individual franchisees that run McDonald's restaurants. So I hope that gives you some ideas about how earnouts can work. And the whole idea behind an earnout is to transfer risk from the buyer back to the seller when the business that they built contains certain critical risks within it. And you know something like an accounting firm where there's really a high degree of trust between the accountant and his clientele, you know, it's sometimes very difficult to transfer that goodwill from the old accountant to someone who's buying the firm because, you know, some of those customers may see the new person, they might see them as younger, less experienced, what have you, and they may not feel comfortable. And so at the end of the day, what is the buyer buying if the customers don't stick around? Thank you very much. Don't forget, go over to davidcbarnett.com, sign up for my email list. That way you won't miss any videos just like this one. And if you want to learn how to buy a business, sign up for my online course at businessbuyeradvantage.com. It's the most economical way to spend nine and a half hours with me learning how to buy a business. 
And of course, if you have a business that you want to sell, head over to howtosellmyownbusiness.com where you can sign up for my online exit planning course, get copies of my books, other material. And until the end of May 2018, there is a special recording in my online course from my appearance at the Las Vegas Note Symposium. And it's all about creating a seller financing strategy that may allow you to create financing for your buyer after the deal. And that's only going to be in there until the end of May 2018. And with that, we'll see you later. Have a great day. And we'll talk.